0: Hey, Sam.
1: Hey, Bev. How's it going over there?
0: It's Holly Jolly over here. Ooh,
1: like a Holly Jolly Christmas?
0: <laughs> kind of like that.
1: Or Holly Jolly because you just opened a beverage. A
0: Holly Jolly because <laughs> I just opened a beverage. Nice. And funny story, I had put it in the freezer before we were <laughs> recording our BS. Uh oh. Because I realized that it hadn't been put in the refrigerator, so it wasn't yeah. cold. well, I just opened it and poured it into my glass, and it's slushy. So I'm <laughs> having a slushy beer today
1: <laughs> You're just Ooh. it sounds very festive
0: that it's slushy though. yeah, it is, especially because it's called Santa's Bribe Ooh. Uh, by Taft Brewing Company Tafts so it's it's plural Taft. And it is a Christmas cookie ale, which is an ale brewed with cinnamon, ginger, and vanilla. That sounds lovely. And it looks kind of like a Slurpee. (laughs) What are you drinking over there?
1: So I have a, I hope I'm saying this right, Dustil Brewery.
0: Oh, yeah. That sounds right.
1: It's one of their Wild Sour series. It's the Flanders Red. Mm. It's that Flanders-style red ale. I just took a drink of it. I'm not sure, like what it's supposed to taste like but it tastes pretty nice
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> obviously it's a sour right yeah a little bit of cherry but it also kind of has like a breakfast taste to it
0: oh like a maple
1: like a like a biscuit kind of oh. caramely. i mean i don't know anybody that drinks caramel or eats biscuits with caramel on them but maybe they do. <laughs> i don't know and it <laughs> I just, I just spun the can around, and it says it has, like, a dry wine-like finish, and that makes sense, too. So it's kind of fruity, kind of sweet, but not, and obviously sour, but not overwhelming. So I think I like it. Hmm. Good job, distal brewery.
0: <laughs> I just realized I've got to read the side of this can to you. Uh, oh. Because it says, leave this brew with hints of cinnamon, ginger, and vanilla on the mantle with care, and your heart's desire is what old St. Taft will bear.
1: Ah, that's fun.
0: That is. (laughs) I wonder if I could talk the kids into leaving beer for Santa this year.
1: Ooh, you should try.
0: That would be super inappropriate. I won't do that. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. What are you thinking? I won't try to teach my stepkids to leave wine for Santa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Well, uh, thanks, Elise Ferguson, for sponsoring our beers this episode. Cheers, lady. Yeah, cheers,
1: and welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. Woo! That's right. I'm Sam, and I'm Bev. And this is the farm comedy podcast where we drink and talk about farming things and make a shit ton of mistakes, then
0: tell you all about them. Yeah, we like to think that we have discussions that will provide new knowledge and entertainment, and sometimes we go off on tangents. And speaking of tangents, if you really like them, our BS is up on the Patreon.
1: Yay! So you can check that out at patreon.com slash farm. We talked about, I felt like we were kind of all over the place today, but overall it did have a holiday theme, I think.
0: Yeah, it it (laughs) totally did. It was a very holiday-themed BS session, for sure.
1: Yes, so if you haven't listened to that yet, you can go over there and listen to that for free. But there is some other exclusive content on there that we give our Patreon supporters, and I think that starts at $2 a month. I feel like I should know for sure by now,
0: but... (laughs) It totally does.
1: Okay, <laughs> right. So you can go over there, and that's a great way to support the podcast and get a little bit of extra content.
0: And don't forget to take our survey. There is a link to it in the show notes. The survey helps us get new sponsors. So if you like this Farm Comedy Podcast and you want to stick around, take the survey.
1: And join our Facebook group. We talk about it almost every single week, and we're up to – Oh, 96 members, it looks like.
0: Ooh, who wants to be number 100?
1: I know, right? So go over there, and you'll have to answer a few quick questions to get in to make sure you're not a spam robot. Um, and then we let you in, and we have fun discussions over there. It's really interactive and just a lot of
0: a lot of good vibes
1: in there. So go check it out.
0: Yeah, and don't forget to review us in all the places. You can review yes. us on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, where else can they review us?
1: Uh, on our Facebook page. That's a great spot too. If yeah. you can't figure out how to review us on your podcast app, that's fine. You can go over there and rate us and review us on Facebook. And that's a super great way for you to support the podcast without paying a dime. That Especially right. this time of year. Things can be a little tight. We get it. So if you want to support us but don't have any money to sign up for Patreon or, you know, buy any of
0: the shit Sam makes,
1: <laughs> you can go ahead and review us over on our, your podcast app.
0: Yep, that's right. Yeah, uh, you can go to drinkandfarm.com, and that's where you can buy the stuff that Sam makes, which is really cool stuff. Right. she makes like <laughs> insulated wine tumblers and acrylic wine tumblers and tea towels and all sorts of fun stuff.
1: Yeah, and we have a second merch shop open now too First, uh, shit Sam does not make. It's at drinkandfarmmerch.com, and we just got shirts and hoodies and camping cups, and they're really cute and come in two different designs, so you can go check those out.
0: Yeah, and in fact, um, by the time this drops, our fun little design that we talked about last week will actually be up. Uh, Sometimes Bev forgets to do things when she doesn't write them down, Um, but Sam and I talked about it again, so it'll happen, I promise. Pinky swear
1: pinky swear but it might happen again
0: (laughs) (laughs) pinky swear no promises
1: (laughs) so do we have any follow-up this week
0: we do we have some follow-up thank you larry we talk about larry every episode now so maybe we should just invite larry is larry our steven (laughs) i was just
1: gonna say that he just doesn't sit with us because we don't sit together
0: <laughs> oh that's right yeah we don't sit together either so that works no. yeah larry sent us a message and told us how to find the coop cast um so i was making a couple of mistakes while i was looking for the coop cast number one i put coop cast as two different words um but the coop cast ah. is one word and i found it by just searching for chicken thistle farm in my podcast app and it popped up and yeah they've got like well over a hundred episodes of backlog
1: and it's legit if you look up chicken thistle farm it comes up on podcast uh for apple so i just subscribed so i can go back and if they decide to reignite everything um and start posting again i will be ready
0: somebody had posted is this the right Coopcast?" cast and larry was like yeah that's the right Coopcast." cast And she said, oh, good. She's super excited to listen to it. And he had warned that his wife hadn't really cared for it that much because she said it was boring. Um, Mm. But I was like, no, that's good that there are podcasts out there for all different sorts of people that want to listen to different things. Yeah. That's why this episode, we specifically pointed out that we are Farm Comedy podcast. Because, like, we're here to entertain the shit out of you. And you'll get to learn a couple of things. Whereas, like, the CoopCast, like, they run a legit, like, real big, you know, like, hobby farming type of operation. And they actually, like, invite people to their farm, you know, to learn things and, like, workshops and stuff. And maybe we'll be there someday. Who knows? Like, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell what the future holds.
1: You don't
0: (laughs) no, I don't.
1: I was gonna ask to borrow it. Dang (laughs) Dang it. it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I thought now would be a good time to like point out to everybody that we kind of started this because we were a little lonely in this like hobby farming world. So this is like your hobby farming happy hour. Yeah. Like we are here to like spend time with you and make you laugh and have fun. So that's what we do.
1: And if you don't like us, that is totally
0: okay. Yeah, you can go (laughs) learn real stuff from the Coopcast. Yeah, real
1: stuff from serious, very experienced, educated people. (laughs) We're just trying to get day-to-day here.
0: (laughs) Yes, someday we really are just getting by day-to-day. And speaking of day-to-day, I'm still trying to figure out why the heck Stephen Ray Morris is Stephen Ray Morris the rooster, not Stephen Ray (laughs) Morris the Editor of My Favorite Murder, (laughs) why he's limping.
1: (laughs) Thank you for clearing that up because I thought maybe you had like captured him and put him in your basement or something and you were telling him to put the lotion on the skin.
0: (laughs) You know, unfortunately, people would definitely notice if he was missing.
1: That's true. Okay.
0: Yeah. And Universal Studios would be sad that he wasn't showing up every day anymore. So there's that. Yes. Um, but yeah, my rooster has been limping like pretty much since day one. And it was really funny. I sent a freaked out text message to Sam that was like, God damn it, Stephen Ray Morris, the rooster, has Merrick's disease.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny because I was at work and I saw that and I look at it and I go, No, he doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's why we're laughing, not because Merrick's is funny.
1: <laughs> no, Merrick's is really not f- funny. Oop, <laughs> I said the F word. That's all right. Use the rooster. Use the
0: rooster. <laughs> use the rooster. Um, yeah, because uh, so Merrick's disease, like one of the ways that it does present is that uh, your chicken will not be using a whole leg. Look up in YouTube chicken with Merrick's limping and you'll see like how a chicken that presents with Merrick's will be behaving. Stevie Ray Morris is not quite doing that. And I tested his foot to make sure that it worked and he can actually like move it and stuff. So it it's not Merrick's. Oh, good. And I made a note here to remind everybody that we do talk about Merrick's. We mention it in episode 17, 19, 21, 22, and miniisode 6. <laughs> so we've talked about it. So we won't talk about Merrick's anymore.
1: And if you missed it, you can go back. and Because I know when I start a new podcast, I usually start with the latest. So if you need to backtrack, if you're interested in that content. My flock actually has... Um, avian leucosis, which is usually confused with Merix, but equally, pretty much equally as devastating, just very different in how they spread. So mm-hmm. that's why we talked about it so much, because that's what I was going through during that time period. So Reader's
0: Digest version. <laughs> the avian leucosis is mentioned, I think, in 17, 19, 21, and 22. Mm. Uh, Minnesota 6 is the interview that we did with Country Fried Tina who is the Instagrammer that had Tina, the silky that had Merrick's disease. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Rest in peace, Tina. But Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen Ray Morris, the rooster. So uh, I discovered while I was trying to figure out what exactly it was that chicks can actually develop a limp from having a vitamin deficiency. So I went and picked up a bottle of Rooster Booster from my local feed store, I'm going to try to be more precise with my vitamins next week. Rooster Booster just has like a ton of stuff in it. So I figured I'd like to like hit them with everything and see if it made a difference. Right. It hasn't made a difference so far. So that's why I think I need to be a little more specific. I'm thinking like vitamin B and vitamin E. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to try those and I'll let everybody know next week. But living out here, getting like, specific vitamin dosages that i can actually give to a chicken is not the easiest thing so i have to order them online or drive into town and both of those things take time unfortunately so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah which is why i went with the rooster booster to start with because i thought well if it starts getting a little better then maybe it is a vitamin thing but so far no difference whatsoever but i'm trying to try everything So I also just started him on that baby aspirin regimen that I had mentioned last episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I discovered something interesting. So it turns out we don't have baby aspirin in my tiny town. Oh, so but regular aspirin. And I was like, oh, well, this isn't a big deal. I'll just have to cut it more because clearly baby aspirin is going to be just a smaller dose. Baby aspirin is a lot smaller dose. (laughs) Baby (laughs) aspirin is like 82 milligrams. Of aspirin, I don't even know what aspirin it's, is exactly. Yeah, it's but. eighty.
1: It's eighty-one. I'm saving you a corrections corner.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, in the notes I put eighty. See, I didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> I only know that
1: because I used to check med lists at the hospital when I worked in research and had to go through meds, and I saw it constantly because if they recommend taking a baby aspirin if you're at risk for a heart attack or anything like that, because it's supposed to mitigate that. So that's why I know that. Oh. Um. Hmm. fun facts with Sam. But now I guess there's research coming out saying that that's kind of bullshit. So I don't know if it actually works or not. But it is kind of surprising me to me that your local pharmacy doesn't have it for that reason.
0: Well, yeah, maybe I just needed to ask the pharmacist, but if you know anything about me, I don't just walk up to people and ask questions, so. I don't either, so yeah. I didn't find it on the shelf, so I was like, well, this is aspirin, this should be the same thing. (laughs) It's not, because adult aspirin is 325 milligrams, which means I had to cut those pills into eight slices. Oh. Which is not very easy. Yeah, because it's a half of baby aspirin that a chicken is supposed to get. Okay so a half of a baby aspirin is an eighth of an adult aspirin so uh, what I did for his first dose is I cut I only cut one pill into eighths not all of them because that would have been insane Um, and I crushed up the little eighth slice into a tiny dish with just a little bit of water and I sucked all of that up in a little syringe and then I gave it to him orally and it was really easy he got almost the whole dose I'm sure some of it was lost you know like on the inside of the syringe and in the bottom of the dish. But it felt like a pretty good way to give it to him. Yeah. Considering I don't have all the tools that I need. And he is still limping, unfortunately, even after the aspirin. So I'm going to keep doing it for a few days, though. Maybe he needs to like build it up in his system, or maybe it takes a few days for the pain killing effects to settle in. I don't know.
1: Maybe it. I don't know if it has a buildup effect or not in the chicken. But yeah, it's definitely worth doing a couple days to see if it makes a difference.
0: Well, and maybe more of the dose stuck into the side of the dish and the syringe than I realized. So I'm kind of thinking next time I'm going to cut a like into like a six instead of an eight since I know some of it gets lost. Yeah. And see if that, you know, little bit higher dose will do it. I'm trying to be really careful because like I'm not a vet. Right. I think a lot <laughs> of people that have animals aren't vets, but they're just kind of doing their best. So I've started very conservatively with my dosing of off-label use of aspirin
1: (laughs) i feel like a lot of medications for chickens or things that we use for chickens are (laughs) off-label
0: oh yeah and goats too like almost everything for goats is an off-label use nobody makes anything for dairy goats or nigerian dwarf goats it's insane or maybe it's not insane it's just business
1: (laughs) yeah maybe a little bit of both
0: maybe um but unfortunately if he keeps limping i'm gonna have to try to figure out what's wrong he might he might just have a deformity in his hip you know right. I can't tell because I don't have any of the roosters maybe you can come palpitate him for me in in March
1: <laughs> yeah also not of that but I can try
0: yeah I mean well, you've touched a lot more roosters than I have so there's that uh,
1: that is my hunch is that he has a deformity because he had spread leg and maybe yeah. it just didn't set 100 percent correctly which happens but if it's not preventing him from roosting or getting around He's probably okay. He's probably used to it. But I think it's smart to try to rule out the vitamin deficiency. And um, if, if the aspirin helps, you know, if there is some pain, then great. So I think you're taking all the correct steps.
0: Yeah, we'll see. You know, I did tell my husband on the bright side, he probably can't spur us in the face. With a That's true. So he has that going for him right now. <laughs> yeah, cuz
1: I have a rooster right now that keeps spurring me in the ass. So <laughs>
0: so yay.
1: <laughs> Better than my face cuz there's more cushion back there but still not appreciated. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's honey and Rue corner. Yes. My it's It was so cool because I got it the
1: same day as I got my and Farm merch. So it was like a ton of Happy Mail all at once.
0: I always love it when that happens. Like the stars aligned and the post office all showed up at the same time. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. There was some pretty cool stuff in there this month, though.
0: Yeah, I actually have the box here right now. So I get to actually pull everything out while we talk about it, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Extra exciting. um But this baby, it's cold outside mug is just like the bee's knees.
1: It's pretty adorable.
0: Yeah. uh Anything to like keep more trash out of the landfill. And in fact, my husband picked this up and he's like, Ooh, good. You got another coffee mug. Like, yes. <laughs> keep your hands off of it because it's mine. <laughs>
1: this is mine. And, you know, I thought it was very appropriate that there was a chicken wire star ornament considering we both have you know, farm trees now. So I was super excited that I had that and I can't wait to put it on my tree.
0: Oh, that was like the first thing that I grabbed out. Uh, it went straight onto the tree because I was like, <laughs> farm tree ornaments. Yay. <laughs> and then um we got something in the box that was the same that we got um or that we also received last December, which I found super helpful. And it's this coop refresher from Sweet PDZ. So the reason why it's so awesome to get this, or maybe it wasn't December, maybe it was when we traveled for uh, the Ale Fest. I can't remember. But anyways, it manages to be that a week that I'm going on a trip and somebody else is going to be taking care of the chickens, I -hmm. haven't had time to clean the coop so oh. like this coop refresher, I just dump it underneath the roost if I'm just gonna be gone for a few days and it instantly freshens the coop for the person that's gonna come and take care of them for me while I'm gone. <laughs> and then I can just clean it out when I get back and I always So feel you better. can like pretend that chicken shit doesn't smell. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Egg, egg, Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I'm telling that story because I want to remind everybody that I'm not a perfect chicken keeper and my chickens do shit. And I don't always get to clean the coop as often as I want to. But things like this help us limp by just a little longer.
1: Yes, it's and I think it's especially difficult this time of year, because there's not as much daylight. So if you do work full time, like we do, your only option is on the weekend. And sometimes you're busy on the weekend. So Yeah, I was definitely glad to see that in there. And I think it's a very good time of the year to send that to us. Absolutely. Oh, and we got a hen greeting card uh, that's like holiday themed. So that's super appropriate. We got one last December too. And I still have it around here somewhere because it's too cute and I didn't want to share and send it. So now I'm going to have two that I'm probably not going to (laughs) send.
0: That you're going to hoard all for yourself. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I should hang them up in my office so I can just stare at them.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. Just like a little frame and pop them in.
1: Yeah, or I was Just thinking, I could like tack them to the board or something. <laughs> oh yeah, that
0: works too. I mean, I'm you know, not that classy. Not, <laughs> we're not trying to get super fancy. Like you make yourself buy a frame for them, and it'll never get done, right? Exactly. And um, I was laughing about this deviled egg seasoning mix uh, because I totally don't have any eggs right now, but it'll be useful this spring when I have eggs again.
1: <laughs> we have eggs, but I can't eat them, so. Oh, yeah. Or I have a hunch that I probably could, but I've been thinking about just making some anyways for the holidays and just taking them to one of the parties I have to go to. So it'll come in handy for that.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I don't have any eggs right now because the ladies are all mad at me because I integrated new chickens, so they're uh, on strike. They should start giving me eggs again in about a week or so when everybody settles their stuff back down.
1: They just need to calm their feathers.
0: That is exactly it. Um, and we also got a little tub of this Hen Healer multi-purpose ointment, which oh, yeah. is super awesome.
1: Chickens are klutzes and they're mean to each other, so we need more forced aid items because they're assholes.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. Sometimes they pick at each other, especially since I'm, like, integrating chickens right now. So if we end up with, like, some minor cuts and whatnot from that, I have this. Take care of it. And it also helps with, like, chapping and dry skin. So, like, overall winter dryness. You know, like, big combs and waddles. Yeah. They get damaged by cold, dry wind, and this will help with that. Hooray. And we also got some chicken nipple waters. Um, They're, like, the little nipple mounts for, like, a sideways mount which will be perfect to use in time for spring chicks
1: when you said
0: chicken nipples i was like
1: excuse me and then i remembered what was in the box because i don't have it in front of me um (laughs) but i was like chicken nipples
0: you're like excuse
1: me chickens do not have nipples they do not lactate (laughs) no you cannot
0: milk a chicken don't try they don't like it no and then we also got some organic cracked corn from scratch and peck i love scratch and peck stuff so Me too. that is always exciting and um the last thing that came in the box was the backyard poultry chicken breed guide oh yeah <laughs> i didn't get a chance to talk to sam about it but i thought maybe this january we would record a mini all around it ooh, talking about chicken breeds and whatnot just in time for spring chick ordering so oh that's so timely it is it's so timely like it, it's pretty cool that this came in not that i need to order any more chicks or anything but do we do any of us
1: <laughs> My t- husband told me you don't need any more, but then I reminded him that some of the ones that I got didn't make it while they were like growing into adult chickens. So I was like, I kind of need to replace those ones, but he kind of was like, rah, rah. so then I told <laughs> him I was going to get Sebastopol geese instead. And I think that might change his tune because he would have to build something probably.
0: And don't they live for like 40 years? Shh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: But hey, they're worth their weight, right? So they're not cheap. If you don't know what Sebastopol geese are, you should go look them up. They're pretty fabulous looking chicken. Or not chickens.
0: Geese. (laughs) Pretty fabulous looking geese. They look like they were tutus. How could you not want them? Sebastopol geese? I don't know how to spell this. Sebastopol. Oh my god. I need these so bad. See?
1: What? I think my pet chicken has them now
0: oh no
1: and i think another hatchery has them too so they're not cheap though i think it's like if you get straight run they're like 70 80 a bird
0: Mm, and if you get them
1: sexed they're like 120
0: well these are just glorious but
1: i need some and i want and you know what since i can't do hatching eggs and shit for my chickens i can just do those (laughs) there you go (laughs) perfect and then we can do a mini sewed all about geese. <laughs> See, just tell Jared you need them for the podcast.
0: I need everything for the podcast.
1: We do. Yes, we do.
0: Raise your hand if you have a chicken molting in December.
1: Ooh, me. Thank goodness for grublies though.
0: Yeah, cause grublies can help your flock get through a molt faster because they are high in protein. They also have the right amount of calcium and phosphorus to meet their nutritional needs.
1: And guess what? If you're too busy to remember to keep your grubbly stock sufficient for your molting birds, Grubly Farms offers a monthly subscription option so you never run out of grubs and never have to witness a case of hashtag rusting beak face from your flock.
0: Subscription orders always ship free. and and save you 10%. And you can skip a month or cancel at any time. So head over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to save 15% off your first order or the first month of your subscription. So we have a 2018 Farm Bill.
1: Woo! Yeah! That's exciting, right?
0: I mean, it depends on who you talk to. Some people love the Farm Bill. Some people love to hate the Farm Bill. So...
1: And some people just like to point out that the first deadline was September 30th, and they just now passed it. And that would be me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we have definitely talked about that. But we found some cool, interesting, weird tidbits from the farm bill. So we thought we'd talk about some of those.
1: We did. And I just wanted to point out that for how long it took them to get this passed, the vote was 386 to 47. So this is like very bipartisan. And very expensive. It's $867 billion. But I did some digging on that. And that's actually a baseline for what it should be. So it's not like they went like way above or way under. So that's just normal. <laughs>
0: Par for the course,
1: right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, and like those vote numbers kind of tell you that there's something in it for everybody, I suppose. Right. So there's something everyone loves and something everyone hates.
1: Exactly. And, you know, if you want more details, you can go do your research. But there's a shit ton of stuff in there. And like Bev said, we just wanted to talk about the kind of weird stuff that stuck out to us. So, item number one, Puerto Rico
0: cockfighting. Yeah, the Farm Bill outlawed cockfighting in Puerto Rico.
1: Which, you know what, I think we're like hooray on first glance of that, because I mean, from our American, you know, viewpoint, it's probably a lot like pit bull fighting. Kind of like unnecessary and like why the hell is this still happening and it should be illegal and blah 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 not that dog fighting isn't illegal but you get what I mean in our brains it's kind of like okay this shouldn't be a thing anymore
0: well yeah and it was really interesting like when I first heard it I was like oh good because you know we have chickens now and obviously I don't want my rooster fighting somebody else's rooster that sounds really awful and horrible to me but then after reading this article I was like oh well but there are a few issues with it. Right. And then I read a Vice article, and I'll link to that in the show notes also. We sort of have, like, a, a gut problem in this country as well. Because, like, yeah, we saved some roosters in Puerto Rico from having to fight anymore. But, like, all of our meat chickens are treated, like, a hundred times more horribly than this. But, like, this is what we're worried about. So Right.
1: Or it's just, like, the prop that passed in california where they're like yeah we should give these birds more space and it actually like limits the amount of space they were getting compared to what the rule was before it's that whole gut thing and not like really thinking about it so cockfighting is a centuries old tradition in puerto rico and it dates back to the early days of the spanish colony and puerto rico is only 100 miles long but there are nearly 80 cockfighting clubs Within there that are regulated by Puerto Rico's central government.
0: Yeah, and cockfighting is an $18 million economic activity in Puerto Rico and it provides jobs for 30,000 people.
1: Right, and so once this bill is signed in a couple of days, it's gonna shut all that shit right down. So there is a ripple effect to that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a ripple effect in their economy and they're already you know, recovering from a hurricane and Um. a bunch of other shit because it feels like Puerto Rico is always kind of getting like the short end of the staff because this is another regulation that we put on them without consulting the voters because they don't get to vote even though they're a U.S. territory.
1: Right. So there was somebody like hanging out there that is kind of a member of Congress, but they don't get to vote. And she clearly was upset about this. And because... She came from there. She knows like how bad this is actually going to be for everybody involved.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that this article interviewed Kitty Block from the Humane Society of the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. She said that cruelty is not culture. And that is true. Uh, Cruelty is not culture. I think everybody would agree with that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But I want to point out that the Humane Society of the United States is not the same as your local Humane Society that saves dogs and cats or runs shelters that's not what this organization is it's basically another PETA
1: right right so it was kind of misleading in that article I think so
0: yeah I think it was too that's why I wanted to point that out right so it was like, wait most of our listeners aren't gonna know that I only know that because I volunteered within like the dog rescue world so it was like wait humane society of the united states that's not that's not the humane society like they should not be allowed to have that name
1: <laughs> right and and when i hear cruelty is not culture i totally agree agree like you have the yulin dog meat festival in china every year where they like sacrifice dogs and it's really nasty and they eat them and that's a cultural thing that you know we don't see as cool here a um, little more extreme than cockfighting, in my opinion. But this Kitty Block person did say, like, in the extreme cases, I'm guessing, of cockfighting, sometimes they, like, weaponize their chickens or their roosters. And, and it is said that roosters will fight to the death if they're put in that situation. But later in this article, it does say we never let the roosters fight to that point if we can avoid
0: it. So... Yeah, because, like, the roosters are are worth money to them. Right. They don't, yeah.
1: Like, this one um, person they interviewed said that they charge their owners $5 per week per bird, which doesn't probably sound like a lot for us. But if you got quite a few birds that you're taking care of for somebody, that adds up quick. And that's how you feed your family. So I do think it's important to acknowledge that even if we don't agree with how... This is run or that this is a sport or part of their culture like you gotta kind of take steps to eliminate this sort of thing it's not always the best thing to just like write it off and say okay this is just going to be better in general
0: yeah because like one of the things that he pointed out was that well number one we've got thirty thousand people in the industry that aren't going to have jobs anymore likely right but also like it's just kind of driving it underground because it is something Mm -hmm. that's in their culture for this generation so they're going to keep doing it anyways which is only going to make the birds living conditions likely less desirable and also make it more dangerous like for everybody involved yeah it's
1: it's not going to be regulated at that point if it just goes to underground which i don't know what the regulation is like now in puerto rico for that I didn't do any research on that, but they said that there's probably like a million roosters. So that's a lot of rooster to get rid of. And what are they going to do? Like set them free? No, because they'll just kill each other. And a million roosters in a hundred mile island, (laughs) like not going to work out. So the federal agents will probably just raid the farms, take them and then kill the chicken. And I would hope that they would use the meat if they could, but. You know we don't know if they will or they won't
0: yeah we have no idea like i'm I'm sure that that would be the intent but like even our dog food has like regulations so you right. can't take how many roosters was it i don't even remember anymore a, a million lot. you can't take a million roosters from a u.s territory and suddenly like turn them into dog food because it's not how our food safety regulations work even right on, like, the feed and livestock industry so so unfortunately, they'll probably just go to waste. Exactly. That's my guess. Yeah.
1: And and some of those roosters, I was looking at the pictures in the NPR article, and some of them are like skinnier and kind of fancier looking roosters that don't even have enough meat on their bones to probably be worth their life, in my opinion. Unless you were going to do something like make dog food, but I digress. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, you know, it was really interesting um, because when I first read this, I was like, yeah, good for them. Get rid of cockfighting because it sounds really awful. But now I am just sort of feeling a lot of empathy. So, I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of our listeners might not totally agree. And that's totally fine. I mean, because it is a really unsavory idea. It's something that I would never want to participate in or do, like by any means. but.
1: But I think it just goes to show that sometimes you need to really think through these things and is it something I think they should get rid of absolutely but I think it should be like over the course of like five years (laughs) and then assistance for people to get them different jobs you know not just oh this you're gonna be done with this in a year and good luck figuring it out like that's not that's really shitty I don't care who you are that's shitty
0: yeah it really is and I mean we do that with a lot of industries though and it sucks yep yeah there's no other way to put that it just sucks
1: yeah so yay for the roosters not really yay for america puerto rico puerto rico probably not even yay for the roosters though
0: (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) yay for the humane society of the united states are finally following through on one of their promises
1: yeah yay for future unborn roosters in puerto rico Mm.
0: i don't know I think that just means that they won't be born. <sighs> Probably. But we get to talk about something way more fun next. <laughs> yeah,
1: we do. Something that I saw this article and I was like, oh, do we want to talk about this? But then I was like, did some more research and I was like, yeah, we can talk about it. It's fine. So the farm bill also legalized growing industrial hemp.
0: Woo-hoo! Does this mean that I get to get high and eat a lot of pizza?
1: Um. Not unless you're total lightweight. <laughs> uh, I might be. I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> so before we get started, I did do some Googling and I was like, are hemp and marijuana the same? I'm and... so glad you did that
0: because I was going to have to do that because I had no idea.
1: <laughs> the answer is no. Um, but they're both in the same cannabis family. So hemp is not psychoactive. It contains less than 0.3% THC. And it's actually very low-maintenance and easy to grow. And it can be used to create automobile parts, body care, clothing, construction supplies, food, plastic, etc., now
0: you know what? All of those uses of it is probably why it was listed as a schedule one controlled substance because all of those other industries that, you know, like use other substances for it, like lobbied for it. They're like, hey, this is a weed plant. So like, you oh, can't. Oh,
1: Bev, that is so cynical of you.
0: <laughs> I know that is. Isn't that terrible?
1: Am I, am I rubbing off on you?
0: <laughs> are you so proud of me?
1: <laughs> I actually, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. But another thing that I saw was that... They, because of the war on drugs, they lumped it into the same boat as marijuana because it comes from the cannabis family, and they just didn't understand it.
0: Uh, that you know, and that's probably one of the things that happens too. I think it's both. Yeah, but
1: now that you mention that, that is cynical enough for me to to believe. So,
0: <laughs> and just
1: to review, marijuana is psychoactive. It contains five percent to thirty five percent THC. Is very difficult to grow if you don't have the right conditions and is used for medical and recreational purposes if you are not aware. (laughs) So this is great news for farmers because this is a new crop for them to grow. And because it has like 25,000 uses, no exaggeration, um, it's very versatile and probably just overall good for our economy, right? So
0: Yeah, I would think so, especially like right now when all we hear is that farming is having a tendency to not be as profitable as it used to be even though now we have like way less farmers and way more people using things that farmers create it just kind of gives another it's another commodity essentially
1: right exactly but um in in one of the articles that I read it was pointed out that this could potentially replace the tobacco acreage that has fallen by nearly 90% over the last century so You know, since that's kind of a dying field, no pun intended, um, you know, this might be able to like, like invigorate some farmers or bring on new farmers because they have this option to grow and farm this very versatile plant. The bad news is that it's very expensive to get started. It's like a dollar a
0: seed. Wow, that is spendy.
1: But it says the return cost for a farmer can be between $400 and $500 an acre for fiber production. I don't know if that's good or not. I didn't really look up what, like, corn or soybeans are per acre. But the article said it, so it must be true, right? Because it's on the internet. Yes, so... the internet said
0: it. It's true. We're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. We'll correct ourselves next week if we're wrong.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll do a little follow-up. Sam can do some more Googling. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this isn't going to be a free for all. So like most things, the feds have kind of this overview of the regulatory power, regulatory power, but the state's going to say in it too. So the states can come up with their own programs for growing hemp, submit that for approval by the USDA. They say yes or no. If a state doesn't create its own plan, the hemp producers will be at default to the federally run program.
0: Okay. Well, and like states can choose to participate or not participate if it's not in their political climate's best interest to allow it.
1: Right. But and that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out if maybe some more conservative states still just don't understand the difference between marijuana and hemp, even though they could just Google it, you know, but but it was kind of amazing because this article I was reading, there were people on both sides of the fence saying this is great. You know, so it, it was truly bipartisan. It did dig into a little bit of like legalizing marijuana and blah, blah, blah. Completely different topic, in my opinion.
0: I did. I saw that at the bottom of the article. I was like, this is these are not the same thing. And now that I understand <laughs> this is that, off topic. <laughs> so in, it's so funny. I'm glad that you had mentioned all that stuff about like whether hemp or marijuana were the same. So I'm I like to be totally honest on this podcast and not pretend like I'm something I'm not. Or like I know stuff that I don't know, but for some reason, and I don't remember where I got this, but I had always been under the impression that hemp was a byproduct of the actual marijuana plant. So I thought that that was why we didn't use hemp for things was because I thought that like the leaves and the flowers were the actual marijuana that had the THC and that the stalks that the plant grew on was what hemp was.
1: Nope. It was just it you know what and I still had I had to look up the difference. I knew there was a difference. I just didn't know what it was until really today. Um so I don't think I'm not in the same boat as you on that.
0: Well because it's something that wasn't allowed like unless exactly. you were working in that industry because that industry has like opened up you know on so many levels in so many states. Like, it might not be something. It's not knowledge that you would have just stumbled across. Right.
1: Unless you're just very interested in cannabis. (laughs) Um, Which you might be. And I have no judgment here. So um, CBD products are really hot right now, too. This bill also does not broadly broadly legalized CBD products because there are CBD products that have higher levels of THC than others from what I understand but if it contains CBD derived from locally produced industrial hemp it'll be fine so that's still a little bit of a weird gray area um, because CBD is said to like help with tons of different things for humans for animals um
0: yeah, I've talked about getting the CBD dog biscuits for Colette because she has, like, super high anxiety. We're going to start a Thunder shirt first, though. Ah, <laughs> give that a try. Kind of like the weighted blanket we talked about.
1: You should, you know, send it to me, and I can put the Drink and Farm logo on it.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's what I'll do. I'll totally do that. Um, and then I use CBD oil um, as a... Um, what's what I'm looking for. When I was having all the issues with my hip and my back, it sort like of numbs that reliever? area. Yeah, it's a pain reliever. It's sort of like a Biofreeze. It works Ooh. the same. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so hemp is going to be legal to farm and I'm excited to see where that goes.
0: Yeah, I am too. Um and I'm excited to see if it does bring more people in into farming. I'm sure that there will be like it, so this is Probably. And this is we're all just speculating here. Sam and I don't actually know <laughs> anything about like farmering futures <laughs> or like commodities or how any of that works. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but like I have a feeling like there are specific ways that it has to be planted and harvested and then like prepped for market. So that's right. going to open up a whole nother avenue to like build more farm specific implements or equipment which is gonna like bring a boost to those industries like it it feels like adding something new is just going to be good for everybody all around
1: exactly I agree
0: I mean I'm not sure that it's gonna create as many jobs as they think it is though because farming is still really hard work and there's still not a lot of people that are willing to do it
1: yes I agree with that but then I wonder if the hipsters will like the idea of hemp
0: yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. And <laughs> if the tractor is air-conditioned and they can keep wearing their stocking caps and their beards in it all summer long, then it'll be okay.
1: It might work out in their flannel. It'll be great. <laughs> and then they can go home and crack open a PBR. There
0: we go. Yeah, not, they can't have their PBR while they're farming because that would be drinking no. and farming at the same time, which is something that we don't condone.
1: Not with heavy machinery,
0: no. Nope. Well, we did have another food recall, which, we you know, is something we like to bitch about. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, we should just make our bitchy and salty corner all about food recalls. Yes,
1: because they seem to be happening more frequently. But I do think with this one, this one seems like a better safe than sorry kind of thing. So this is this one of the farms that also had the romaine lettuce outbreak, so a couple weeks ago, remember, nobody could eat romaine lettuce for Thanksgiving. So it's that same farm. And they seem to be working with the FDA to do this out of an abundance of caution. Um, so it's the Adams Brothers Farming Inc. So they're recalling red leaf lettuce, green leaf lettuce, and cauliflower that was harvested between November 27th and November 30th of this year. And it turns out that they discovered that sediment from a reservoir nearby where the produce was grown, tested positive for E. coli. Wah, wah, wah. Well, (laughs) and what I
0: found so confusing about this recall is that they say that none of the reservoir water that was used to water these crops came up positive. And none of the crops have come up positive. So I found the whole thing just a little confusing.
1: Yeah, it seems a little shady town to me. Like, are you hiding something? Is this to make you look maybe just better because of the last time it happened? And maybe you thought something was missed this time. Like, it just was a little weird to me. Maybe they're just trying to help their image to look better, that they really care about the consumer, so they're really freaking paying attention this time.
0: Well, and I'm trying to figure out, who still has red leaf lettuce and green leaf lettuce that was harvested between November 27th and November 30th? Like, that shit lasts for, like, three seconds.
1: (laughs) I said that to my husband, and he just looked at me, and he's like, that's old. And this article that I pulled was from yesterday, which was December 15th. Yeah. So... Yeah, that just makes me wonder what they spray it with to preserve it for that long.
0: Uh, I mean, or maybe they don't. Maybe, like you said, this is just for an image thing, and they know that all of these products aren't on the shelves anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: The cauliflower might still be.
1: Yeah, it just seems like this is a little, like, late, if you're recalling something from, what,
0: like, two, three weeks ago? That has, like, a four-day shelf life. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know.
1: That's why I struggle with gardening, because, I mean, it all grows at the same time, and I can't eat it all at once, so.
0: You have to
1: succession plant. I know. I'm just bad at this gardening thing, man.
0: (laughs) We'll talk about more of it as it ramps up into the springtime. Yeah, because you can't trust the
1: stuff that you get from the grocery store, apparently. So I better frickin' figure it out. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, and this wasn't, like, the only food recall from the week, either. Like, there was, like, canned corn, and what else got recalled this week? Like, I don't have articles for all of them in front of me, but.
1: Yeah, but you know what, like, never gets recalled? Chocolate, so.
0: Don't jinx it.
1: (laughs) I'm knocking on wood.
0: (laughs) I'm going to do it, too. Listener, knock on wood. We cannot have chocolate get recalled. Because, I'm sorry, cake mix got recalled earlier, so we can't have that, either. (laughs)
1: That's true.
0: <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite articles from the last several years was don't eat raw cookie dough. And it's not because of the eggs. It's because the flour had salmonella. Like of Oh, my things. God. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Basically, that's what we're dealing with.
1: <laughs> yeah. I ate raw cookie dough today because I live on the edge. So,
0: mm. Yeah, uh, I ate some yesterday because I've been making those cookies that... Have you seen the Facebook video? It's like a time-lapse video of making these Christmas chocolate chip cookies. And no. it's Christmas sprinkles and white chocolate chips and ch- milk chocolate Ooh. chips. Yeah, I'll put a link to the, to the um, recipe in the show notes because it is so good. She tells you that you can't double it. I double it every time, and it turns out just fine. And everybody loves them. I'm like, I can't take credit for these cookies. I got them off of Facebook, but they're amazing.
1: Yeah, Bev just using recipes like guidelines once again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually follow this recipe, because it it doesn't have a lot of ingredients in it, so it keeps my attention. (laughs) You'll have to listen to the BS if you want to hear more about our baking talking. Yes. Well, so I wanted to, we haven't done a call for farm stories in quite a while.
1: Oh, yeah. And I
0: wanted to frame it in a different way so that maybe somebody's brain would be like, oh, hey, wait, I have something to share. Like, so if you have a story from your farm that you think other listeners could laugh at or learn from or you just want to make somebody's day or warm their heart, like, we want to hear it. I know we originally just said like funny stories because we are technically a farm comedy podcast, but like from interacting with people in our group and whatnot, like I've sort of learned that everybody has a story. It just might not be a funny story. So we want to tell all of your stories.
1: Yeah, um, that is actually a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I had so much fun reading everybody else's stories because it does make you realize you're not in this all by yourself. So, make sure you guys send those to us via DM on Instagram. We're um, Drinkin' Farm over there. Or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, that's right. And we will read them. Maybe we'll put them together into like a themed episode where we're doing Ooh. like a mini sode and we talk about something specific. We might do a call out for specific types of stories, but right now I just want to try to get some stories in because um I was thinking about this week why we started this podcast because last week when we got off um and when we got out, done recording I was done and I closed my laptop and I felt like I had just gotten to go out and have happy hour with a friend and like we don't get to have that very often you know because we live in the middle of nowhere exactly (laughs) so I wanted to remind everybody like why this is here and what it's for it's because we're a community of people that just don't take ourselves that seriously but we kind of want to learn and we kind of want to talk about farming and we want to laugh and we want to socialize so there right
1: yeah oh (laughs) i do want to mention this because it was really funny um and you can cut this and just put it on the patreon i don't care okay but i did already tell you this about or tell you about this yesterday but i think it's kind of on that um on the same note of what you were just saying so somebody ran me down at the grocery store yesterday because they recognized me from instagram and he was just so excited and it kind of threw me off because usually when I'm at the store, like I'm focused, I want to get in and out. People are just ignorant and are like in the way. And I'm like grouchy, but it totally brightened my day, not just because he recognized me, but because it was like, oh, there are other people around here that are like me and like minded and they're younger and they have home homesteading and maybe they don't know what they're doing and they're just learning. And he's very much like posting what he's learning um over on his instagram he's burly worm gets or burly burly bird gets the worm yeah burly bird gets the worm (laughs) if you want to go check him out he's doing all this like cool electrical stuff in his house so he's just trying to figure it out too and it just totally brightened my day. And we started talking about maybe doing something locally with a group of other Instagram homesteaders. And then I named dropped Bev and the podcast, of course, because I would want her there, too, because I'm an introvert. And I want to at least know one person.
0: I mean, um. there is strength in
1: numbers. <laughs> like, Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think that hearing everybody's stories, no matter if they're happy or sad or like a learning moment, just reinforces that. We're not alone, and it's not just me and Bev talking to each other every week so we feel a little less lonely. Like, you guys are out there too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and you guys are out there, like, for each other also. Yes.
1: Especially in the Facebook group. That is very clear in that group.
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. If you have not joined our Facebook group yet, like, seriously, go do it. Even if you're not on Facebook, like, create a profile just so you can be in that group. Ignore your crazy grandma's political posts. Don't friend your weird uncle that only posts, I don't know, I was going to say cat memes, but I like cat memes. Yeah,
1: maybe like questionably racist things. Yeah,
0: there we go. Yeah, ignore all those people. Don't let them be your friends. Just be in the group. You'll be fine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You can friend me and Bev probably, and it'd be fine. Yeah, that would be fine.
0: Well, thanks for listening, guys.
1: Yeah, this is We Drink and We Farm Things. And like I said before, you can follow us on Instagram at Drink and Farm. You can also use the hashtag Drink and Farm on Instagram. So post a picture of you safely drinking and farming. And we feature one to two of those a week over on our Instagram. So drink, farm, and, and give, give zero clucks. clucks. Bye, guys. Bye.